Hey there. Welcome to the DOJO Podcast. Podcast, podcast, podcast. Where we discuss leadership development with our friends and peers who are in the trenches daily making things happen. Through these discussions, we will connect to learn from each other and collaborate to source creative solutions as we help each other shorten that dang learning curve that leads to conquering our obstacles. The Diojo is the do your stinking job dojo where our goal is to help you develop intentionally. Today's podcast is brought to you by The Intentional Restorer, which is a collaboration between Restoration and Remediation Magazine and the Diojo. The Intentional Restorer is a monthly column released the second Friday of every month on the Restoration and Remediation Magazine platform, also known to those of us within the industry as R&R Magazine. Recent contributions have included the popular segment, Help! Claims Review Shredding My Asthma! Which included both written concepts for exploring ways to win during the Xactimate Claims Review process and a video overview of those principles. Author John Isaacson may not have any great skill with writing, but he sure does have a face for radio. You can find the Intentional Restorer at randrmagonline.com. That's R&R spelled out, magonline.com. Thank you, the Intentional Restorer. Okay, well, we're here with um, Edward Colson from Ready Northwest. Um, you're based in Beaverton, Oregon still? Yes, that's correct. But you obviously your business is 100% mobile and, and definitely um, testing that out in, in, uh, in this um, current environment. Um, I was trying to remember, I think you and I crossed paths when I was leading, um, started a facilities managers group in Eugene. Um, and I think that was about the time you had launched um, Ready Northwest. Um, I remember seeing some of your content on the website that you started. And I think shortly after that, or right around that period, is when you um, launched. Um, you want to tell everybody a little bit about your background and how you started Ready Northwest? Yeah, so uh, Ready Northwest was started in 2016. Um, at that time, I was working at a hospital in healthcare emergency management, and a lot of that, a lot of the things that I noticed is that we would, whenever we would do emergency planning, we would work with emergency management agencies, first responders, yeah. other hospitals. And so I saw that there was a need for those in the community and those businesses and organizations who don't normally participate in emergency management planning yeah. or have a background or understanding of how that works. I, I noticed that in rebuilding communities post-disaster, those are the organizations and businesses that, that are the life of the community. Um, and so making sure that businesses are prepared for employees to come back, continue sell, um, selling their goods or providing uh, services, um, when a disaster strikes, and sometimes they don't have the time frame, you know, earthquake strike without warning, so we can't really ramp up right. that type of planning. So that's where I saw that as an uh, opportunity to help my community, and uh, it has, you know, since 2016, disasters haven't stopped. So yeah, well, and so pre two or I'm sorry, pre COVID nineteen. Um, a lot of the talk, uh, not everybody might be familiar, on the Northwest, especially in the Pacific Northwest, the big event is uh, that's been on everybody's mind has been a Cascadia event, right? The, mm -hmm. the big earthquake. And then 
we obviously have a lot of volcanoes and those kinds of things. So those are kind of been the two um, areas of concentration. So even prior to um, this recent outbreak and pandemic, what are kind of some of the things that um, I think it's drawing that we have some gaps in our system, right? And people, yeah. especially as it relates to emergency management, what were the kinds of things that you're advising and working with people on in some of those areas where people, um, I guess, are kind of lax in some of those key areas? Well, I think the biggest thing is a lot of organizations don't understand what threats are directly. Sure. Um, you know, would affect them. I mean, we have our direct threats and hazards, we call them, um, such as the earthquakes and the floods and the volcanoes, but there's a lot of indirect ones that come through. Um, so we can see, you know, if something happens in a different region, how does that affect their organization where yeah. they are? Um, at the beginning of this COVID-19 pandemic, um, there was a lot of concern about supply chain and manufacturing that happens overseas yeah. and how that was going to affect other companies around the world. So you can have direct effects and you can have indirect effects. Um, but a lot of times, uh, especially since I started Ready Northwest, we have seen um, increases in active threat incidents that may have occurred around the world. So those are on the minds of companies and business owners. Um, yeah. And then we've also seen uh, the effects of wildfires uh, that have, you know, started tremendously um, in Southern California, Northern California, and even up here in the Northwest. So we're seeing yeah. a lot of different things pop up. We call them uh, natural hazards, man-made, and technological. Um, and now that we have kind of moved on to the Internet of Things, you know, how much of our infrastructure and how much of our stuff within our organization is tied to the Internet that we have to consider now um, the cyber aspect of it. Yeah, uh, which can easily filter into an emergency management problem. Yeah, that's well. Yeah, that's uh, the the man made. Uh, I, I know uh, when we were with the facilities group, a lot of mm -hmm. the concentration was about active shooters and those kinds of things. So, yeah. so those are all areas that you intersect with as far as you said natural, man made, cyber, and what was the third one? So it was uh, natural, technological, and man made hazards technological so cyber yeah. kind of goes in that technological yeah well, it's interesting that your experience was in healthcare prior and you know obviously that's all kind of um come together you know mm -hmm. now so in your area of um expertise you know the cdc um i i saw on the cdc website one of the most important things that people can do is to try to inform themselves of the facts and not spread rumors and and just you know conjecture. Yeah. Um, so in your realm of expertise and, and what you're now um, companies, obviously people are pivoting. This is the forefront, right? Um, what are you seeing specifically with regards to COVID-19 um, and then even, you know, uh, future uh, viral, you know, um, exposure and risks and those kinds of things? What are you learning about uh, this that would be helpful to, um, I think, you know, property restoration companies are kind of on the forefront of trying to figure out how to help companies, you know, do cleanup and those kinds of things. Um, you know, so I guess that's a pretty long question, but what are you learning specifically about COVID-19? Uh, the biggest thing we're learning about COVID-19 is, um, you know, this is the very first pandemic where we have had social media. Um, yeah. 
And so with that, to comes this up, degree, yeah. to this degree. So, I mean, we've had the internet back saying, you know, since the two thousands when we had SARS and MERS and H1N1, but uh, to answer your question, you know, it's very important that companies get the right information. There is yeah. so much mis misinformation out there yeah. um, that people can do it to promote, um, uh, you know, what they view as maybe more important, or they can find something and then push it out without really going back and studying and knowing where that information comes from. Yeah. So I think it's very critical that any organization um, get in touch with their local health authority, the CDC, World Health Organization, um, and understand that maybe information doesn't move out as fast as they would like, but the information that is coming would be the correct information. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> if you are an organization with employees and you're making decisions based upon unverified or misinformation, that can yeah. have a tremendously detrimental effect to your employees and to the communities and to your customers that you serve. Um, if you steer them in the wrong direction based upon um, some flashy headline or some misinformation right. that isn't backed up by science. Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, I'd, I'd like to think for the most part, people aren't trying to maliciously do that. I'm sure there, there are those bad actors, but uh, mm -hmm. maybe rushing into a decision without having the full and there, there isn't a full information. And that's kind of how we're pitching this too, is like, you know, I don't think any of us yet has the full puzzle, right? We right. Take our pieces of the puzzle and share that factually. I know this based on this. And I guess that's the, I mean, even with information on the internet, you know, cite two sources, two good verified sources, you know. Yeah. And then also understand that when you look at information, sometimes you have to look at the information contextually. Um, sure. A yeah. big number doesn't necessarily mean that that is it. Yeah. You know, why do we have big numbers? What are the circumstances regarding that? What is, um, so just in context to like COVID-19, whenever we see large numbers of deaths compared to small numbers of testing doesn't necessarily mean that right. it's a more uh, deadly disease. You know, we have to take a look into the context of the area's healthcare system or the ability yeah. for how uh, their citizens to be prepared, testing capability, um, ICU aspect, uh, first responder training. We have a number of factors you have to consider outside of the number of deaths versus the number of cases. So really whenever Concentration you, of population. Exactly. So when you look at information to base your decisions on, like you brought out, have two sources that correlate or have verifiable sources. Yeah. Um, and, and just don't jump at a headline. You really yeah. take the time to to look and read at an article. Yeah. Well, I'm in. Uh, I've been encouraged. There's there's you know a couple like like you said CDC um, who um, in our industry RIA IICRC and there's um, some others. Uh, you know the the releases have been pretty generic up to this point, and it seems like we're starting to get a little bit more definitive. Yeah. Um, and I haven't yet read the report, but I think CDC moved from like approved or recommended to actually these are, um, I think they're moving closer to naming disinfectants that they believe are effective. You know, so it seems like as they're, and I know here in um, Tacoma, in Washington, um, Tacoma Chamber and Pierce County Chamber and like the business development, they've, um, they're scheduling, you know, uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday calls you know, and again, it's not like, hey, these are the answers, but we're, as we get them, this is what we're sharing, and these are the resources. So um, I think uh, 
I think as people, like I said, grab the pieces of the puzzle, share them, but uh, please share information that's valid, not just opinion, you know, so. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you, you have a great point there where, you know, we're getting information from association groups that we're a part of or chamber of yeah. commerces because um, this pandemic has affected every, every yeah. aspect of our entire world that we're living in. Whereas yep. sometimes we'll get regional disasters the you know the gulf yeah. coast states will get a hurricane you know so western united states gets wildfires um and so you kind of have localized um disaster preparedness and response and recovery yeah. resources specific to that and that may only affect certain areas whereas now we have a nationwide and a global uh, pandemic that is like i brought out was affecting all facets yeah, of yeah. every industry that you may be a part of so Everybody is learning, and that's kind of the big thing is we are learning more as the days progress. Yeah. And as we do, we're able to you know, specify more the precautions needed and the preparation efforts that have to be done. Yeah. And so your, your area, emergency management planning, um, so you, you work with small businesses, medium-sized businesses. So whether like in our audience, you know, if that's a business that somebody's working with that needs uh, emergency management planning, or even the restoration companies. I mean, they, mm -hmm. you know, uh, this is testing our supply chain, and you know, typically it's not that hard to get a Tyvek suit or an N95 mask, and all of a sudden, you know, they're the most popular <laughs> things in the world. You know, so um, you know, we, we we took toilet paper for granted a couple of weeks ago. You know, and yeah. uh, and things like rice, and um, so um, you know, it's uh, it's it's very very interesting. So people that want to uh, learn more about your company and reach out to you, what's the best way to do that? Yeah, so please, um, for we do not just planning, but we also do testing. Um, so testing oh. an organization's capability, and we have had a lot of requests for that, uh, just right up into the point where it became um, a pandemic status. So businesses, one of the things that we do is we conduct tabletop exercises and we walk an organization from the very start of a disaster or a pandemic all the way through its response and its recovery efforts. Okay. So that they're not going into a disaster or a crisis blind. They will yeah. know what, you know what to expect as well as where holes and gaps of coverage may be. So we conduct those to be able to help organizations know what they need to work on in the immediate term. Yeah. Um, and so if more organizations want to be able to find more information regarding that, you can contact me. My website is readynw.com. Um, so that's Ready Northwest Emergency Management. Um, my email is edward at readynorthwest.com. And then they can reach me there and we can schedule something for them. Awesome. Well, Ed, we've, we've known each other uh, through social media and email mm -hmm. for quite a while, and uh, it's nice to finally uh, get a chance to talk to you, and uh, um, too bad it's under these circumstances, but uh, but I, I do appreciate, I think you're one of the people online, you know, really trying to, on LinkedIn and those kinds of things, share valid information as you're learning it, so um, I appreciate that, and uh, wish you the best, and hopefully we, we can have another conversation in the near future. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. We'll, uh, We'll get through this here and then we'll uh, connect in person and um, we'll uh, yep. share our experiences. Sounds good. Thank you, Ed. Yep, appreciate it. Well, as I said, I've been aware of Edward Colson and his work with Ready Northwest for quite a few years now. Um, when I was in Eugene um, working with a 
property national property restoration company um we had some issues with being able to get um eugene is south of portland so it's a smaller market and getting um, something like IFMA in for facilities managers that we were working with um, was tough. It was inconsistent. Um, and so we and we reached out to, I reached out to local facilities managers um, that um, were active in those efforts. And we said, why don't we just find a way to um, start our own group? So we launched Local Facilities Managers Connection. It's kind of a mouthful, but it was LFMC was the um, was the uh, acronym, and th rather than um, paying an association to host a meeting where we were lectured by somebody, uh, our format was more collaborative in the sense of um, we would host it at a different location each time. So one of the facilities managers. Um, would host at their location and then try to highlight a project um, there on site. And so that was a lot of fun because it, it gave us a different location each time and people were able to highlight what they were doing actively on the ground. And so we would have some presenters, but usually that was either tied to, um, I can remember one of the local universities um, had done a rekeen and that process and so we had a local our sponsor for that particular meeting was a local locksmith and then we did a tour of the facility and then we met um, over in a conference area and discussed you know relevant topics and so um, you know kind of highlighting that and so Ed was part of um, some of those conversations and <clears throat> as he was launching his business you know like we mentioned Cascadia in the Pacific Northwest, it's funny, you know, on the West Coast, we have earthquakes is an ongoing issue. And, um, you know, I talk to people from the South and, you know, they're, they're freaked out by earthquakes. And I have never been through a tornado or a hurricane, and I can't even imagine, you know. And so it's funny how some of that stuff can be regional, um, but the, the information is relevant. It just strikes me that... Um, I see a lot of posting and um, somebody in the group that Edward and I are a part of posted about how people are hiring emergency management planners in the middle of this pandemic. And so, um, you know, not to poke jabs at people, but I think we do the same thing in property restoration, in business in general, in our own lives is, you know, sometimes crisis brings out those things that we know we should be doing you know, all along in regards to preparedness and planning. And unfortunately, so we have, you know, I think we're all confused where the, uh, the whole toilet paper thing came about when, you know, that doesn't seem to be a symptom, um, of, of this, um, disease, uh, COVID-19, but, uh, but people make a, made a run on toilet paper. And so, you know, the odds are somebody in our circle of, uh, of friends and family, you know, is one of those people and maybe it's you. And, um, I just, it's just odd how we respond to things. So preparedness, you know, definitely applies to business. I know in property restoration, you know, helping clients prepare for water and fire damage is a, is a huge resource and asset. Um, and so people like Edward and, um, and his company, Ready Northwest, really can provide some value. He's got a pandemic planning guide. 
and um, man, that's one of the things I think of is <clears throat> I know people are scared to talk about it, but as leaders, if you're a leader uh, at any level in your company, you need to be talking to your team more. You know, business as usual is not, we are not going to be business as usual. You know, however long this takes and wherever we come out, it's not going to be business as usual. But a very positive aspect of that is forcing us to look at our existing systems, our preparation. You know, I, I you see on LinkedIn, people are advertising for COVID-19 cleanup and, you know, respirators with the straps outside of the, the Tyvek suit. You know, people, there's a funny picture of a lady with gloves and, and a respirator at like a Costco or something like that. And she's scratching her nose, you know, and it's just... Um, you know, people that don't understand proper donning and doffing of the equipment, you know, putting it on and taking it off, you can cause just as many problems if you're carrying that home, you know, or, um, uh, you know, even cleaning of surfaces, you know, I used to always teach our teams, imagine you're cleaning up chicken juice, you know, and so if all you do is spread it around, then you're just making things worse. You have to have a strategic way of, you know, new surface each time, wiping in one direction, you know, one surface of your wiping utensil on one surface, and it's it's a very, um, you know, tedious process, you know, if you're doing deep cleaning. And so, um, but it, it it's not advanced, it's just common sense, right? So Ed Word and um, Ready Northwest, uh, great resources for um, just emergency management planning moving forward. Obviously, that's going to be a part of you know, how we all recover and adapt, you know, things like washing our hands more and paying more attention to, during flu, flu season are positive, you know, but thinking through how, um, whether you're responding to COVID-19 or not, thinking through how your teams are washing their hands, you know, are you documenting in your safety briefings and your job site safety analysis, um, you know, whether the customer has cleaned the site or there's been a COVID um, exposure, you know, I, one contractor was talking about how they're having their crew wipe down the steering wheels and their seat belts, you know, just taking it to that next level of communication and preparedness, you know, being overly cautious, whether you are or are not, you know, directly responding to COVID-19, you know, keeping your people safe and, uh, and your company running and um, using this time to think through our processes and be better, you know, elevate um, our efforts. So, uh, awesome conversation with Ed Word uh, there at Ready Northwest and hope you found this valuable. Thank you again for listening. Well, that's a wrap on another The Dojo podcast. Thank you for listening. We hope that you find these things valuable. In business, we believe that the blueprint for success requires those in positions of leadership develop their skills with people, process, production, and progress. We call them the four Ps. Please continue to listen and send your feedback as we seek to find ways to help each other, help each other, help each other, connect, collaborate, and conquer. Thank you. So you can have direct effects and you can have indirect effects. Um, but a lot of typically it's not that hard to get a Tyvek suit or an N95 mask and all of a sudden, you know, they're the most popular <laughs> things in the world, you know, so, um, 
you know, we, we, we took toilet paper for granted a couple of weeks ago, you know, and, yeah. uh, and th 